we're doing a one-part message today called The Message. I don't know about you guys, sometimes I feel like the person who didn't get the important message in the room. Has that ever happened to you? You're that person that just didn't hear the new news that's kind of important for you to know. I remember years ago there was this young lady in our church who was always talking about this boyfriend that she had. And I, I would always kind of like tease her like, all right, you're really involved here at the church, and you say you have this boyfriend, but none of us ever met him, and I honestly don't believe he exists. I think you're making him up. And so we would kind of joke back and forth about this. And I remember one day, I went into our cafe, and here she was talking with someone else in the cafe, and I went up to the other young lady that she was talking to. I said, I just want to let you know, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but if she's bringing up her boyfriend, I just want, I would want to let you know that he's imaginary, he is fake, he does not exist, so don't let her try to convince you otherwise. And so then I looked at this, this poor young lady I always tease and said, so how is your boyfriend? And she looked back at me and she said, well, he broke up with me, thanks, Doug. I was like, oh, man, she left the church shortly after that not to return. And so, man, sometimes I'm the last person to get the important message, you know. I think about movies. There are always important messages in movies, right? One of the most famous, most important ones I can think of, of course, is in Star Wars. It's Leia's message, right? Obi-Wan, you are my only... Thank you. Okay, a couple of you. I was a little nervous there. A couple of you guys got that, right? Important message, huge message. I think about just history. Uh, there was a, a battle called the Battle of Prague in the 1600s. And Sweden had laid siege to Prague, and this battle was going on, and they're trying to figure out a peace treaty. They're, they're going back and forth, and it's just going on and on, delaying, trying to get some peace finally agreed upon, and the, they do it. And so they sign a peace treaty to end this battle. The problem was the message took eight days to get to the people fighting the battle. And so for those eight days, think about it, you have people fighting, you have some men being wounded and certainly some dying because the message didn't get where it needed to get in time to stop this battle. That's a life or death message. That is an important message. Today I want to talk with you about an even more important message. It's the message of salvation. It's the message that Jesus is alive. And I think some of you guys, as we think about the time of the year that we're in, it's like, okay, next week's the big day, right? Easter, many, many of our friends, our family members, our coworkers, the people we go to school with, our neighbors, they're just willing to go to church around Easter time. Some of them do it without even thinking about it. It's just what you do on Easter. And so maybe some of you here know some people that you could think about sharing this amazing message of salvation with, right? Inviting them to church, inviting them to come see what's going on here and be a part of what's happening next Sunday. And as I say those words about this amazing message and this opportunity we have, many of us in the room are just going, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to invite anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody about my faith because I'm afraid to. What, What if I'm not the best representation of a Christian? Or what if they say something or ask something and I don't know the answer to it? Or what if, man, I'm trying to invite them and I trip over my words and I say something stupid. Guys, I get up here every week and trip over my words. You have no excuse, okay? And so we struggle, though, with these different insecurities and we have these different battles in our mind about inviting people to church or sharing our faith with them. And today, I just want to help us overcome something because here is what I believe. Here's what I believe. If we will remember or maybe discover for the first time how big a deal the message of salvation really is. It'll help us overcome those barriers to sharing our faith or inviting people to church. If we will remember how much God did to get you and me this message, maybe it'll help us be a little bit more bold in the way that we share our faith or invite friends or loved ones to church. What if remembering how big a deal this message is and all it took God to get the message to us, what if remembering that will empower us to share our faith in a new way? See, as we work through the verses today, 
My goal is to get you to see what a big deal the message of salvation is and what it costs God to get that message to us. And I hope that how big a deal it is and how much it costs God to deliver that message to us will inspire us and enable us and empower us to share our faith with those in our lives and invite people to come to church. Have you ever thought about all that it costs God so that you and I could hear this message? Have you ever thought about all the planning, all the things he had to do, all the things he had to put into motion, even just to deliver the message of hope and salvation to the world? And as we work through this today, I hope to kind of take us through all that, but then eventually get to really where the rubber meets the road for you and me, to that spot where it says, oh my gosh, this is why it matters that I share this incredible truth with those around me. See, I hope today, as we talk about this, it will literally change your perspective on sharing your faith and your relationship with Jesus, inviting people to church for the rest of your life as we dis- discover and rediscover how big a deal this message is, how life-changing it is, what it's done in our hearts, and all it costs God to get us to hear this message in the first place. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you might be thinking, okay, it's a little awkward. Here I am at church, and a bunch of Christians are sitting in the seats around me, and this guy's going to talk with them and try to inspire them to share their faith and invite people, and I don't even believe in all this stuff, and you kind of almost feel like a friend who was hanging out at a family member's house, and the family had a family meeting, and you're in the middle of it, and you kind of feel a little bit weird about it, but here's what I want to say to you today. I'm so glad you're here if you're not a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to be talking with you all throughout the message as well. You're going to hear all about what Jesus did for you, and so it's so great that you're here in the room, and you're going to hear a little bit about our church and our vision and why we do the things that we do and the way that we do them. And so we're going to look at some incredibly powerful verses in Hebrews 1 just to remind us how big a deal this message is, how beautiful this message is, and all that it costs God to get it to us in the first place. And so Hebrews 1, verse 1 says this, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times, And in various ways. So the message of salvation was such a big deal to God that he literally set aside certain people in human history to tell us a Savior was coming. So he sends the prophets thousands of years ago to say, hope is coming. A Savior is coming, right? We have a guy like like Micah who hundreds of years before Jesus is born tells us Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. We have guys like David and Isaiah who perfectly describe the crucifixion of Jesus 750 years before Jesus comes and centuries before crucifixion even existed. So if you're here today, you're not a follower of Jesus, you're like, come on, I need some proof that all this is true. How about men and women knowing that Jesus was coming hundreds of years before he ever came? Just a little bit of the proof that I want to share with you today. Next week, we're going to really dive into some proof. If you're wrestling through all that, I get that. I've been down that road and it's not fun to try to figure out, can Jesus be trusted? But I hope next week you'll, you'll join us as we kind of dive into that more. But man, this message was so important. God sent the prophets to tell us a Savior is coming. That's what a big deal this message was to God. But then he gave us an even better messenger than the prophets. Look what it says in the next part. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Okay, so initially God sent the prophets to tell us about this message of hope. But eventually he, he looked at his son and said, it's time for you to go. I'm sending you to give this message of salvation. I don't know if you've ever sent an important message to anybody before, but the way that it gets to the person and who you send to do it is really important, especially if it's an important message, right? I was sitting on my couch a few weeks ago, and I got this text message from a number I don't recognize. It said this, you have to be home this Sunday, not negotiable. I was like, whoa. Like, I almost wrote back, I don't know who you are, but I'm so intimidated right right now, I'll be there. 
right? Just send me the address. I'll be home Sunday, right? But then a few minutes later, I got this. Sorry, wrong person, right? (laughs) So if that was any of you, I forgive you. It's okay, right? But man, I'm telling you, it is very important to figure out how you're going to get an important message to somebody, okay? And so God did not send you a text message. He did not just send you some people. He sent his son to come and to deliver to you and me a message of hope and a message of salvation. And this is a big deal that Jesus came to deliver this message. It is a huge deal for a couple of reasons. The first reason is because of who Jesus is. And the second reason is because of who we are. Let's talk about the first one. It is a huge deal that Jesus came to deliver the message of salvation because of who he is. Well, who is he? Well, I'm glad you asked because look at the next part of the verses here. It describes perfectly who Jesus is. Whom he appointed heir of all things. So Jesus is the heir of all things. In other words, when all is said and done, everything will belong to Jesus. Every single thing. He's the heir of all things. And the father looks at him and says, okay, this message is so important. I'm sending you the heir of everything there is. Then he goes on. And through him, he also made the universe. So not only is Jesus the heir of all things, he's the one who had this primary role in creating all things. Creating the universe, which by the way, the universe is still blowing our minds, isn't it? I don't know if any of you guys like jump on Google once in a while and you look at some of the stars out there, some of the planet systems. I don't know if you guys do any research on this kind of stuff. I mean, one thing that's just super cool, one little tidbit of like how big the universe is and how we just don't get it all is Venus. On Venus, a day is longer than a year. And it all has to do with it being the slowest rotating planet. And so it rotates slower than it orbits. And so its day is longer than its year. Just another little cool tidbit out there that God placed out there just to blow our minds a little bit. And so the one who created all of that is the one who would come to deliver this message. It was that important. And then it goes on, verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So this is not just a messenger. This is God in the flesh. If you're here today and you're wondering who Jesus is, he is God in the flesh. The flesh, the perfect representation of his being. This is Emmanuel, God with us. Are you seeing why this message of salvation is such a big deal? Are you seeing how important it was to God that he would send his very son, Jesus? Then it goes on. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. So all things that are sustained right now, that are held together, are held together because Jesus is saying, hold, hold. If he stops saying, hold, everything would erupt. Tom Constable said this of Jesus' word. He says, it is the greatest force in the universe. He carries all things forward on their appointed course. This is the amazing messenger. But then it goes on even more. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he's not just the heir. He's not just creator. He's not just the one who is holding all things together by his word. He's not just the son of God. He is the savior of the world. And so he came to purify you and me. If you're not a follower of Jesus, or if you are a follower of Jesus, so everybody in the room, don't we all have things in our lives that we need purified? Not just covered up, but actually cleansed of. I know I do. And here is Hebrews telling us Jesus purified us by his death on the cross, and then he rose back from the dead, which we celebrate next week, and then he sat down at the right hand of his Father, man, the Savior of the world came to deliver the message. And you know what? Here's what I need you to see today. Jesus didn't come 
just to give us the message of salvation, but to be the message of salvation. You know what Jesus' message is for you and me? You are loved. You're imperfect, but you're loved. You mess up sometimes, but you are wanted by God, and I'm here to prove it, to die on the cross in your place. If you're not a father of Jesus, are you seeing how much Jesus loves you? Are you seeing that you're wanted, that he desires you, that he came for you? So powerful. So this message is a huge deal because Jesus came. And it's a huge deal Jesus came because of who he is, but it's also a huge deal that he came because of who we are. Look what it says in the very next chapter in Hebrews, verse 6. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for them. Have you ever had one of those moments? Just like, who am I? Who am I that God would care? If you're a Christian today, you might sit there once in a while just saying, Man, but I know me so well. I know the things I do. I know the mistakes I make. God, who am I that you should care for me? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, that might be one of your big, almost objections right now. Why would God want me? He knows what I do. He knows what I've done. He knows my history. And so it is amazing. It is mind-blowing that Jesus came to deliver the message because of who he is and because of who we are. So my goal so far today has been to get you to realize how big a deal it is that Jesus brought this message of salvation to us. Now you're ready for the kicker? Ready for this to really hit you where you live? God sends the prophets. God sends his very son with this beautiful message of hope and salvation. And you ready? Then he looks at you and me and he says, I'm handing it off to you. This amazing message of salvation that, that God literally had to send people hundreds of years before start to declare it was coming. This beautiful message of salvation that the Son of God brought us is now in your hand and in my hand to now bring to the people in our lives around us. How beautiful. How important. What a huge deal. This is life or death. The battle of Prague, that was life or death. But this is life and death for eternity. And today, I am not here to guilt you into inviting anybody to church next week or guilt you into sharing your faith with anybody this week. I'm here to just remind you what a beautifully important message that we have been given. I have the opportunity to do a lot of weddings. So much fun. Gotten to marry many of the couples out here in the crowd. And my wife sometimes does the wedding ceremonies with me, and sometimes she's the person in the back of the room kind of organizing everybody, making sure everybody's in the right spot. And she has to deliver an incredibly important message at an incredibly important time. She either texts me or she comes and finds me and she gives me this message. The bride is here and we are ready to do this thing. Important message, right? And then we go. Guys, we have the most beautiful message and this is an important time to share it. We have such more capacity than we had last year at this time at Easter with how many more people we could fit in this room, how many more cars we could fit in this lot, our kids' space, being a gym, how epic, right? And so, man, what a beautiful time to be able to share this message. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5 a little bit and, and find out something really important about ourselves. You ready? Verse 18. All this is from God, Paul says, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. So he made us right. God made us right with himself through Jesus' death. And then, listen to this, this is mind-blowing, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So Jesus didn't just reconcile everybody. He then looked at you and me and said, okay, this is now for you to be a part of. I'm gonna give you a part of the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
we get to share that message with people. I understand it doesn't always go so well. I understand not everybody wants to hear it. I understand we also shouldn't be annoying with it, right? But we have the most important news ever. Then Paul goes on. You ready for this? I love these couple words in here. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's what we now have. The message to be able to tell our neighbors and our coworkers and the people we go to school with and the people we work with, our friends, the guys we play softball with, the people we go out and see movies with and grab dinner with, we have the opportunity to tell them there is hope. There is a Savior. We live in a really broken world. Life is so hard. I don't know how anybody does it without the hope of God and the strength of God. And we have the opportunity to share that. Think about that. The message that the prophets carried, that Jesus carried, is now the message you and I get to carry. I know somebody who went for a really important job interview recently. And they walked into this very high-profile building where they were going to go try to get this job that was really their dream job. And they walked in super nervous, and there were thousands of people moving into the same building that they're moving into. And, and as this person walked into the hallway, a security guard, just friendly, in a friendly way, said, oh, going to work today? And this person said, well, not yet, but hopefully one day. I'm here on a job interview. And literally, the security guard squared up, looked right in the face, and said, you're going to do a great job with this interview today. You're going to knock it out of the park. She said, that's right, I am. And she went up to that interview, and she just killed it, got the job. Okay, cool moment, cool little inspiring thing. Somebody did something nice for somebody, and it changed the way that that person walked through that door. We have such a bigger message. We have such greater encouragement to share with people. And you know what? That security guard will probably never know the encouragement that he was to that person that day. And we sometimes never know how God uses us and the way he uses us to speak to others that are in need of the hope of salvation. And so will you carry that with you this week in this beautiful time, this awesome opportunity that we have? And look what it says here. And this is big, man. We did a message last week called Identity. You want to know something else about you? You ready for this? Verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Wait, wait, wait. Through us? Through me? No, no, no. That was through Jesus. It was through the prophets. No, no, no. Through you and me, God wants to make his appeal to the people around us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, I know how this works, guys. I do not wake up when my alarm goes off in the morning and go, Ambassador of Christ, I'm ready, reporting for duty, right? That's just not how we live. Probably how we shouldn't live either, right? It's just not what we do. We wake up and it's like, oh, another day. Okay, I got to work. And then after that, basketball game, take the kids there, pick them up. And then we got home and homework. And then, I mean, we're doing life. But we can't forget we are Christ's ambassadors to this world. And he wants to make his appeal through us to the people in our lives that need to hear who Jesus is. Don't forget you're an ambassador for Christ. Don't forget the message that you carry. Think about it. The battle of Prague, the message was this. The battle is over. The treaty is here, our salvation. The message you and I carry is the battle is over. Jesus has won our salvation. Who will you carry that hope to this week? Who will you carry that hope to this year? It's not just about this week. Who, who will you live this out in front of? Guys, we're going to fail. We're going to get it wrong sometimes. We're not going to always have the right answer. But we never know the impact that we could have. 
as we carry this powerful message that was entrusted to the prophets, entrusted to the Son of God, and now entrusted to you and me. What I want you guys to see today, and I'm going to cast a little vision, is this. God has entrusted the message of salvation to us. Mind-blowing. It's in our hands. We can't control if people believe it. We can't control if after we invite somebody to come to church, if they actually show up through the doors or not. But man, we have this message to carry. And so who will you invite? Who will you think about shining in front of? See, that's what we're supposed to be, the light of the world, right? Jesus said, the light of the world. Light is helpful. Light shines in the dark places. Who will you be that light in front of this week? What a perfect opportunity we have next Sunday. I'll just cast a little vision for next Sunday and beyond. So we're going to do everything we can, and we're going to continue to do everything we can to make it easy for you to invite people. So you guys all have one of these in your bulletin, and there's another several hundred out at the info desk. We encourage you to take them. I have to take some responsibility because the service times next week were supposed to be 9, 1030, and noon. We got 5,000 of these printing, and it says 930, 1030, and noon. So that's when the service times will be. We're going to roll with that one. If you want a really short Easter service, join us at the 930 next week. We hope to see you, right? It's going to be a wonderful thing. I don't know if I gave them the wrong information, but I should have caught it when they gave me the final proof. So it's on me one way or the other. But we'd love for you to hand these out, 930, 1030, and noon next week. We mailed out thousands of those to the community. I know those got to homes this past week. And we're just really excited about what God could do. We're excited about what lives will be changed. I mean, I could literally sit and tell you who got saved at our Easter service last week. Some amazing families who volunteer. And I could take you back the year before that and the year before that. I mean, what a beautiful thing and what an awesome and exciting thing we get to aim at next week. But, and this is really important, this is not just about next week. You see, we always want to be a church that you feel excited and comfortable inviting your friends to no matter what week it is. You see, our vision at this church is to help people center their lives around Jesus. And we mean that for everybody, every age, every race, every stage of life, and every stage of faith. A lot of you guys know our vision, right? It's to be a church that unchurched people love to attend, but where Christians can go deep in their faith. And so this is a great church to come to. If you're a Christian, you want to get closer to God. It's also a great church to invite your friends to. I don't know if any of you guys wear bifocals. You ever tried them on, right? Those glasses, and they have the two different lenses, right? If you look one way, if I believe if you look down, you see one way. If you look up, you see through a different lens. Two different lenses, same glasses, right? And that's how we look at every single thing we do here at the church. We're looking at men's retreat. We're looking at uh, Sunday services, kids ministry, youth ministry, all that we do, community groups, all that we do. We're, we're constantly going, okay, what is going to reach the unchurch? We, we look through that lens. Well, what's going to engage them? What's going to draw them in? What's going to help them, you know, get excited about coming back? But then we look through that other lens and say, okay, but what's going to take the saved deep? What's going to help them grow? What's going to help them get near to Jesus? And so we do things the way we do them on purpose here. We're really, honestly, we're aiming at people who maybe don't feel comfortable in more traditional churches. That's who we're really, there are a ton of traditional churches around. And that's great. There are a lot of people that want that. And we're kind of catching everybody else that, that sneaks by, hoping to bring the hope of God just in a new way and a same message, maybe a little bit of a different lens. But we're really excited about seeing God continue to use this in a powerful way. And so who will you invite? That, that's why we do things the way we do them, because we know your neighbors are coming. We know your friends and your coworkers and the people you go to school with are coming. Jess Lucci and uh, her husband Joey, who just had twins a few weeks ago, uh, I guess about a month and a half ago now, they 
asked their doctor, when can we get back to church? Jess, poor Jess was in the hospital for several months and hadn't been around. And so when can we get back to church? And the doctor said, well, you want to be careful. Take it slow. But when you do bring them back, just protect their ears. Don't put them by the organ. No. We don't have one of those. So I don't know where they're sitting tonight, but, you know, today. But, I mean, a little different, right? A few weeks ago, this, this nice young lady came up after the service with her fiancé. And they were like, oh, it's our first time here. We really enjoyed it. And, 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 and she started to say, you know, this church is different from what I used to. I grew up in a very traditional church, and that was good, but, but there's something different about this. And I don't know, I guess in my old church, they, uh, they, they I, I don't know, they just, they just, and she couldn't quite get it out. And it was the last day that we did the Songs to Pierce the Heart series, and we did that big special. And so she's going, I don't know, it's just my old church, my old church. And I just said, they didn't play Fresh Prince to open up the message? She went, yeah. I said, okay, good. So we're on the same page here, right? And so we're, we're doing things, so we want to engage people who've given up on church or who got lost in the traditional church or, or maybe gave up on church a long time ago and, and had a bad experience and, and ever since haven't been able to see God through this, this lens of relationship and life. But we also want to take you deep if you're a follower of Jesus. And so we're not going to be surfacy and we're going to preach the word of God and we're going to desperately cry out that the presence of the Holy Spirit will move in our lives. That, that's where the power is in the word of God and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit just changing things. I, mean, I can get up all day and, you know, try to entertain. Our band does an incredible job. They're beautiful, incredible musicians, and wow, but we need the power of God, right? And so we're not going to push that aside. And so it's this beautiful partnership, this marriage of looking, looking through the one lens and then looking right through the other and saying, man, same service, same day, same room. How can we reach everybody? And so will you join us by inviting some people this week? And you know what? If you miss this week, it's okay. Sometimes in some churches, it's like, ah, oh, we missed Easter. I guess we can't invite anybody until Christmas again. No, no. Who can you invite the following week? In fact, the weeks after Easter, we're going to do a series called Jesus Is. And we're going to talk all about who Jesus is. And again, perfect for your neighbor, perfect for your friend. But also, we want you to more and more discover who Jesus is and, and see him at work in your life. Today, I want you to see something. I want you to see the power of inviting somebody else. And I could tell you, again, all day how important this is and this beautiful message that we've been given. But I want you to see someone share who was invited a couple of years ago to come and the difference that they've made. Throughout all of our service today, we're going to have one person thanking the person that invited them in the first place. And so would you guys invite Robert out? All right. Awesome. Thanks, Robert. Good stuff. Just share with us a little bit. I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. At first, I was very nervous um, when he mentioned it and invited me to do this special thing. And then I thought, why should I be that nervous? I should be joyful. And I truly am. Um, I have to thank Scott and um, his wife, Alice. I almost forgot her name. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They invited us to come to a show for Christmas. And um, ever since then, the minute we came through the doors, I always felt very comfortable. The warmth in this environment, the beautiful music, the worship, the message from Doug, it's been amazing. Um, I have to say that, um, you know, I was having some life difficulties a few years back, and my back was against the wall. Um, I didn't know where to turn, to be honest with you. Um, and I also was, you know, ashamed. I was overwhelmed and, you know, frightened of what would I, how I would get out of this mess. And honestly, this was the answer. Um, the song earlier talking about surrender. Uh, I, I've done things my way for a long time. And I'm so proud, I'm so happy that I finally have surrendered and trusted in God. And, you know, I'm feeling so much peace and joy. Um, I'm growing every day. It helps me how I 
um, handle stress at work or my family, my son, he's going through some things. Um, and I can give him godly advice, not worldly advice. Um, so I'm thankful for many things. I have peace. I have joy. I have hope. I have strength. And every day I know where I can turn. Um, the other thing I want to mention is that little thing, that red book in the front, God's Promises. I love it. Uh, if people don't have it, you should take it. I feel like there's just so many little you know, glimpses of things that share how you can apply different problems that you may, you know, may be going through. Um, I really, I use it. I love it. And again, I'm just very thankful to be a part of this church. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate that, man. Good stuff, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah. Awesome. And so I just love the power of an invitation and just seeing what God can do. And you never know who's around you that needs the hope of Jesus, who, who around you needs the strength that only God can give and only God can provide. And so if you're a follower of Jesus this week, I just want you to think and pray as we close here, just really asking God, God, who, who have you put in my path? Who have you put in my path that I could just share an invitation with? And again, they don't come, they don't come, that's okay. That's not on you, right? Who can you pray with this week? Who can you encourage a little bit this week? Who can you just reach out to and, and try to share the love of Jesus in one way or another? Serve somebody in, in a way that's very mindful that you are shining as the light of the world. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope today you've heard a lot about what Jesus has done for you. I hope you've seen this incredible message that came through the prophets, but then through God himself, Jesus in the flesh, coming, saying, man, I am here, the Savior of the world, to rescue and redeem and give hope and purify and reconcile to God. And I hope today that might be something that interests you. If that's not something that interests you today, I just encourage you to keep coming back. Like I said, next week, we're going to really dive in to why all this kind of actually does make sense. Really, Jesus, I mean, a man coming back from the dead? And, and why would he want me? Doesn't he know the things I've done? Or maybe some of you here today have the opposite struggle. And you'd say, I'm a pretty good person. I don't know if I, know, I need him. But next week, we're going to jump into all that. And I want to invite you back. And we hope to see you at 9.30, 10.30, or noon. But man, let's make the most of this time. Let's make the most of this opportunity. And see Jesus use us in powerful ways. Because the truth is, God has entrusted the message of salvation to us. Let's pray. God, we need your help. God, this is something that is tricky at times, and we all have people in our lives, I'm sure, that are already in our minds that we'd love to see sitting next to us in the seat next week, but it doesn't always go as planned, and sometimes we struggle, we get timid, we get fearful, or circumstances don't work out, or opportunities don't seem to present themselves, but I just pray you will make a way, God, this week to give us opportunity. We're asking right now for opportunities and boldness to share the love of Jesus, to shine brightly this week. And we pray we'll see tons of people next week coming and putting their trust in you, that you will open eyes, that you will soften hearts, that you will give people hope again. Lord, people that have given up on you, people who have given up on church, I pray they'll come back. People who have never stepped foot in a church, people of other faiths, people who are, today might call themselves an atheist or an agnostic or just somebody so different from us. I just pray you'll use us, Lord, this week. And I thank you it's not just about this week, that we get to look beyond, that there's 52 Sundays in a year, God, and that we get to partner together to be a church that unchurched people love to attend, but where Christians can grow deep in their faith. Help us with that, God. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray about some specific people maybe for a minute and ask for some specific opportunities? If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I would encourage you just to pray something like this quietly. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting me. God, I pray you will show me who you are so clearly. I pray you'll show me what it is to follow you in a relationship. So today I just surrender to you, God. Fill me with joy. Fill me with peace. Save me from my sin. I thank you for this gift of salvation. I could never earn. In your name I pray.